happening, everyone? Welcome to This Week in Mormons, our exciting general conference recap. I am Jeff Openshaw. I join you from my lair, once known as the Pleasure Dungeon to a select few. But I am here, and I am delighted that all of you have chosen. Josie doesn't get it, but Al does, and that's enough for me. So, it was a very um, select few. It had very, a really horrible rain to it, so that's why I'm it's, grimacing. That's probably for the best. That, yeah. it's, it's, the, it's, it's the pleasure. It's a, it's a great story about the Pleasure Dungeon. Have but you maybe sanitized that place lately? Ugh. Don't have to. It's, it's new construction. <laughs> it's patient it's zero. <laughs> anyway, uh, we've got a great panel going on this week. We're just going to – we're talking conference. You know, this is our show for the week. No – news or things like that per se, because we've got plenty of conference-related news. So I suppose it would behoove me to introduce everyone on our panel. And uh, Kurt Frankham from Leading Saints is here. Hi, Kurt. Hey, I'm here. I'm uh, I'm like monitoring all the comments here, Jeff, the AV. The, I mean, if this doesn't work, you can fire me. Good. That's how I'll kick you off the board. That sounds wonderful. Kurt's kind enough to be here. Of course, my my partner in crime and co-founder of This Week in Mormons, Al Doan, has been kind enough to grace us with his presence this week. It's me. How are you? Hey, I'm great. Nice to see you. And uh, who else? Let's see. Let's jump around here. Other hosts of TWIM. Devin Thorpe, soon to be your congressman from Utah's 3rd <laughs> District. That's the plan. That's the plan. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. Have you won the race yet? Um, Has Curtis I, I'm not out 100% sure, but I think they'll decide that in November. Yeah, okay, whatever. First we'll Tuesday. see. We'll see about that. And joining us from Singapore, which did not receive a temple this year, unfortunately, despite our hopes, Josie Gleave is back to expat status. Last time she was in Texas, but now she's here. Hi, Josie. Hello. And last but not least, bringing up the rear, my fellow denizen of the District of Columbia metropolitan area, Jared Gillins. Hello. Good nice to, to have you. Oh, well, ev- everyone's here. Lots going on, man. This was a uh, this was a fun conference. Now, First off, I'll, I will give them a full 10 out of 10 for how well they pulled everything off from a technical standpoint and a flow and just enjoying conference like normal. I didn't feel like we lost anything, personally. I, I was going to give them a 9 out of 10, and then they busted out that uh, we thank the O oh God for a profit, tying in various choirs from around the world. That was impressive. That got you, right? The only ones practicing the six feet was uh, New Zealand. They were the only ones keeping that going. <laughs> they probably recorded that uh, prior Don't, to- Jared. <laughs> don't. Well, I think they did because we also found out on Twitter, if we're jumping way ahead, but when President Nelson was speaking from the Sacred Grove, we noticed like, it looks uh, summery in the Sacred Grove right now. Like, when did he do this? And and people who know said they shot that in August of last year. So they had had that in the can before last conference when President Nelson teased us with the conference like no other. So this so, has been in the works for a so while. So do we know then if uh, like those other clips where they were shooting on location at church history sites, that was probably also last summer, I'm guessing. It was probably around that same time. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's pretty remarkable. So they've been sitting on this stuff for, I don't know what, eight, nine months or so. It's such a Nelson Get move, ready. man. Just a sly, sly mother. He, he acts like he's just shooting from the hip. No, he's got it. But he's no. got it all in the bag. He knows what he's doing. I know he does. He's crazy. So even I guess at we'll, ninety-five, I mean, even, I wouldn't even buy green bananas when I'm ninety-five. He's yeah. he's just planning. He's got a master plan for months. Yeah, that's I, true, man. Dude, I swear though, at least at first, some of the brethren seemed healthier looking. I don't yeah. know if there's a COVID fifteen thing going on, but uh, President Ballard, lighting. No, President Ballard, notably. Looked like he's been enjoying his trips to Harmons a little bit more yeah, than he. I think it was the does. studio where they shot it. The little, the little place where they shot it. You thought Ballard was looking better? I, th- 
thought, thought he was, was looking like, a bit more. A bit he was more, more hunchy. Yes. I thought he was on his way out, man. I thought he was the worst. Of <laughs> I thought some looked a little bit thinner, like they had lost some weight. Yeah, Elder Suarez. Yeah, Suarez looks really thin. Yeah. yeah, Suarez looks. Someone had a meme on there that showed how well he's aged. Like when he was first called at the seventy, he was he was a bit thicker, and now he's yeah he's he's glistening. He's doing but great. The thing is, though, at that age, when you see somebody lose that much weight, it's usually kind of a bad sign. Like it made me a little worried. Oh man, he's just taking it seriously. He's an apostle now. You can't. He's not slipping around with the seventy. He's doing he's apostolic CrossFit. He's like, it's I got it. Just never a good way to talk about anyone's weight. That's the, <laughs> the solution that we've come that to. That's why people That's come to point. Twim. You know. Yeah. Well, so I mean, it, what's <laughs> happening with Iring? Is he hot or not? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> he had a little bit more of a shuffle. I thought he kind of. Shuffled yeah, he did. He shuffled a bit more. I did kind of laugh a little bit. The six feet thing was great. You know, when you saw the panned wide shot of the conference room they were in, which I think we learned it was the East Conference Room in the church office building. Um, and th- at that first shot, President Iring was just like, the dude was practically sitting in the exit doorway. He was, they had him just way back there, but it was nice. They switched off. They didn't keep their seats. They let whoever was conducting just sit closest to the podium. So that was a... But then they all kept, they had the six feet, but then they all kept putting their hands on the podium. And I'm like, why aren't they wiping this thing down? There should be like a little thing of Clorox wipes up there and they get pull the mic cover off and replace it each time. Yeah. Just the whole podium, roll it out, roll a new one in. That's what (laughs) they should have done. They've got plenty of of those lecterns. I'm really hoping they at least clean the podium during the choral number, the choir numbers that were broadcast, but I'm doubtful that they did. Because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, there's a lot of touching going on here, folks. And this know, is not... On on that note, man, if uh, if a virus got into that into their quorum, like, that that would be no devastating. Point, no. It would just... That'd be, the, that'd be the worst. They're, like, the most susceptible people to it. And so, Kurt, yeah, you'd, I have, you'd hope they're taking every precaution. Kurt, you might know this. Um, so, since the Salt Lake Temple is closed, where do the brethren meet in terms of weekly temple meetings? Because they have rooms very specific to their needs in the Salt Lake Temple primarily. What, what do they do? I've heard a rumor, I, and I think I just read this on, on I the like internet. It. So, going. it must be, let's let's perpetuate this. But I've heard that they have uh, created a room in the Joseph Smith Memorial Building that they use for their temple meetings and it functions as they need the temple to function. But interesting. I would say that they're using the same room we're using right now. Uh, right. Zoom? They're, they're zooming it like everybody else. They're I just guess. zooming it for the temple. Meetings. Oh, for now, for sure. Yeah. 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 yeah but the latency has got to be terrible when president Nelson plays the organ and they're trying to sing hymns. <laughs> that band. We tried this and we tried it in world council a few weeks ago. My Bishop made me try to queue up the song through oh. hangouts. Yeah, no, it's not. I love it. it. I love it. And we were just it. like, no, I was like, guys, everyone just mute your computers and sing along if you want, but this is never going to jive. It was delay upon delay upon delay. You just got to sing loud and you'll be fine. That's Al's beautiful thing. Um, any other comments on the setting? Anything jump out to anybody about how they did this? I mean, it just seemed like here we are bunkering down and it works. The flowers it was were fun. a little odd. <laughs> the flowers were awesome. <laughs> I'm just assuming that they worked with what they had. Yeah. Know, they like, it probably wasn't a huge. Too. Like, like the next Sunday session to session, you're like, anybody could go and fix this. Anybody could walk up there and make it not big on one side and then tiny on the other. Anybody could do It's a bit it. like fourth graders kind of science project sort of look to it. It was a bit well, interesting. You- I'm assuming some of you guys saw the meme that went around that showed like, you know, when the Relief Society's in charge of the flowers and they showed the conference center podium and the whole display. And then when the elders quorum's in charge, <laughs> you get 
what we just had this weekend. <laughs> they just took some grass from outside. It was a weird display. I swear it looked like it was sprayed styrofoam. I don't know what was going on. That's there, what I mean. Was- Science project kind of vibes to it. It uh, was almost. Yeah, like- I don't know. I, I'm just assuming that there aren't a lot of flower markets open right now. And it probably just wasn't a huge priority. Somebody ran down to the only Michael's flower- that was open in Salt Lake and like grabbed a few fake flowers. Flower markets and barber shops were noticeably closed. <laughs> right. Uh, saying that, the only time I noticed that in particular, Elder Uchtdorf. Yes, Uchtdorf. He's normally so he looked, sharp. He had, he had some shag. <laughs> a shag. I was like, man, this guy's been bunkered down. Yeah, and we're all going to be there, man. I mean, I'm a, I'm on a you know pretty much a stay at home order until the middle of June. So this is just going to get. I had a, gonna get I had an appointment to get my haircut on April first, and uh, yeah, it didn't happen. Not to rub I, it in, I, but hairdressers are open in Singapore, so there you go. They're all they were also open in Arizona because their their wonderful governor there decided that golf courses and hair salons were essential. No. Yes, essential. Of course, Come leave on, it to Arizona. Arizona. I mean, even I Florida's love, on board. Yeah, I I mean it was it was kind of a cool feel uh, with it with like the empty the empty auditorium. Right, like just how they showed it, they kept showing the first couple of rows empty. Still, um, gave it gave it kind of a cool vibe. Uh, just I, like I don't know, it sort of felt like everything was different, just enough that you appreciated it, but not so much that it like distracted from the message. Yeah, I was also interesting that they didn't they didn't talk about COVID nineteen yeah. uh, very much no. at all. It was uh, not a topic of discussion, and yet. It, it still managed to sort of pervade the setting. That's true. Yeah, they actually spoke about COVID less directly than I thought they might, but I know a lot of people have been working on their talks for some time, you know. And of course, the whole point of this conference was to focus especially on the restoration, the first vision and everything. So it's understandable, but I, I thought we'd hear a little bit more. They probably got a dozen COVID. mentions. What do you mean it, they didn't talk about it very much? I thought, I, I thought, I, it, I, I thought it got a, quite a bit of, of limelight. It was definitely there. I just, I don't feel like, I, I guess in my mind, I thought it might have been even more dominant. You've been watching too much more. Fox News, Jeff. <laughs> I love the Fox News. Brett Bear. I could have used more. I mean, I do appreciate, you know, we had that uh, interview in the church news with Elder Ballard where he talked about it. And then, you know, President Nelson obviously has done a couple of, you know, videos directly to us outside of conference. But I still think it would have been appropriate to say like, hey, you know, these are troubling times. Let's talk about this. Let's Here's message of hope or here's. I mean, I don't know. I mean, we did get they a little did. bit of that. I, I just would have. What are you talking I, about? I, I, no, I'm not denying now that they did. They obviously did. I just I'm saying I would have liked a little more. I, I think it's yeah. a lot of it's just because yeah. I mean, our lives, it's like 95% of the time you're like thinking of it because I'm like, oh yeah, I can't go out. No, nope. it's, it's like this, this cloud over us. Right. And then, then you go to a meeting where, yeah, there was some hope and some encouragement, but it wasn't the, the dominant uh, message in all. You guys are clearly the- drunk. What are you talking about? They, they talk about it all the time. You go to conference, you get message of the savior, the first vision, like all the hope, all the goodness you could want and COVID. I mean, we could point to 12 of the talks that specifically by name got it in there. Every prayer, every single prayer. I'm gonna have to do word clouds then after this conference, when they're published. All there the we month. go. We'll see the how word much cloud will prove it Al. How much right. pandemic right. or, or yeah. how I think big restoration. is that COVID word in the cloud? Yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying, man. That's yeah. what I'm that's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, I mean, all in all, I really appreciated this conference. I think they had to make some changes based on what was in, planned. I mean, even President Nelson got up there and he was like, "When I said we were going to do this big conference in April, 
you know, I didn't know either, which is, which I thought was a good reminder of the way prophets work. It's not like the prophets here in Revelator means they've just seen the entire stars before them and they know everything that's going to happen. It's about interpreting God's will sometimes in the what, situation. What you're didn't in. happen because they, they had yeah, like that's a, a cultural wondered. celebration, right? Uh, so I think we we don't know for sure, right? Like I, I don't have, but I do think that Saturday evening session, which they didn't go into great detail on what we should have expected. But they bothered to say, we're not doing priesthood or women's meeting. We're doing a special meeting for everyone, eight and up, who's a member of the church, to focus on the restoration. We knew that they'd auditioned some... Um, it was going to be a big multicultural choir. Yes, the multicultural choir. They, they were gearing up. I don't know how it would have looked. I don't think this would have been like one of those, like that like Latino celebration we saw during the World Report, like a thing that was not a session of conference. But it seemed like they were trying to make it into some kind of a special session. And I got the impression watching last night that you could tell components of that were missing and they were hobbling it together from what couldn't be there. It was still a great session. I just just wonder, like, for him to tag it unforgettable, right? Like in October, he's just like, listen, I'm coming out here. I'm setting the bar way up here. Like what was in the works? Because it still was. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I think out. we were going to probably have more on location stuff too. You know, obviously they had yeah. the pre-recorded yeah. stuff, but I think we were going to we would have probably seen more like actual stuff, like maybe even happening live, like people speaking from uh, sites in Nauvoo, cool. etc. I think something like that might have happened. That's my assumption. All that was still- yeah. and, and I really, I have to wonder if the reveal of the new uh, the new symbol, as they keep calling it, which to me it, it's a logo. The new symbol. Um, I feel like that was supposed to be sort of the great culmination at the end. We had this wonderful session about the restoration and, and then talk about all the ways that we've continued to restore the, the church and pushing for the correct name of the church and the correct references to the church. And now we're going to go to this sort of final step. Here's the big reveal, this new logo. And instead it was just sort of, just sort of came up at the end and it was fine. And it was good. But. This was an interesting conference. I, I had a, a friend, a friend of mine who is not a member of our church that uh, sat and watched all five sessions with us. And uh, and on the one hand, it was it was like the perfect conference because there was a, like Elder Oaks gave a beautiful like here's the foundations of our gospel and why we exist as a church. And we got a lot of like here's the first vision, uh, but it but like. There were a couple. There were a couple of things that were sort of, uh, I mean, mountains, mountains for for me to explain, like on the fly yeah. to a, to a yeah. non-member of like the Hosanna shout was was great, um, but uh, but felt felt like sort of out of the hat, you know. It's just like, and we're doing this, and I'm like, we've we, all right. So here's what the Hosanna shout is. We got some tissues that you're going to wave around, hang with me. We're going to go. It's going to be great. And it was. I mean, explain it. He explained it at least a little. Well, they they did a little bit of just like, yeah, we do this normally at temples and things, but it I still don't like I didn't fully understand why we were doing it in a in a conference per se, outside of the fact that like it's supposed to be this this uh you know moment when you feel so much joy and jubilee that you can't help but shout. Then, I think it was the commemoration, right? It's the two 200- hundred anniversary well, that's, that that's was, why we were yeah. doing it right well well you that do a hosanna shout to actually why. shout hosanna because you can't you can't say hosanna you've got to shout it but then you got oaks up there just doing this like he couldn't have cared <laughs> <laughs> um now any history here might know it better have we ever outside of what we did today 
Have we ever done the Hosanna shout outside of a temple dedication or the conference center dedication? Has it ever happened in any other random instance? I can't. Think On of. my mission, I remember third discussion. No, I, just, uh, I can't. <laughs> just threw it out there. So, Jeff, the was, that, jo- was that the recording from 2000? That was from the conference center dedication? Yeah, it was. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. one from October t- 2000. Y- your boy Jessup got a cameo, man. That's great. I was so I was so happy to see Craig Jessup. And my wife was like, she's like, what's the big deal? I was like, it's Craig Jessup, honey. It's Craig Jessup. Persona non grata in Motat. Not really, but. It's the restoration never, of all things. We will never know the truth about what happened to Craig Jessup. <laughs> there and, is an uh, inside He's edition. still alive. You know, he's. No, I, I know, I know. And, and the thing is, Mac Wilberg is an amazing arranger and, he, and he's an amazing conductor. But if he's a little more, he's controlled and less driven by the emotion and theatrics of conducting a choir, which is fine. So it's fun to see Jessup up there moving around and working the room and getting everyone excited. Pump me up. I felt great after what, all that. What is, what is the reason behind no words during hymns on the live broadcast? I, I don't know. Translation translation. Can we get an English translation from crying out loud? But I'm watching the English but, channel. I mean, Put the English like translation. What? I don't get why that matters because it's not like we're all watching the exact same feed. I mean, if you're watching it in a different country, getting it translated audibly, that's a different feed than technically, right? So why can't they just plop up? Thank you, Jeff. Yes. Great point. Right? I think they just well, I don't see the technology to translate it and write it out anyways. <laughs> it's just somebody's like, screw it. They're like, you, sorry, you mean, I cannot put no it in Google Translate right now. That's you, mean all the hymn, you mean all the hymns that have already been translated? Exactly. It's just way too hard to input. Don't make me do it. There's Copy that one guy and his family's having cinnamon rolls on conference and he wants to be home with them. I've, well, I've, I've watched with somebody that like, I mean, somebody that doesn't know any of our hymns and stuff. And I, I keep, you know, I'm like trying to whisper ahead. I'm like, sure to God, like Firesburg. The spirit up on, of God. Why didn't you just pull it up on your phone and say, here you go. Like, yeah, yeah she's going to know. It's too practical, gonna, obviously. We're, we're trying to watch the screen, get the conference feel, not watch your phones. We I put see, them away. We plug them in in the bathroom. Mm. Stay, stay present. Now it was interesting. To, oh, go ahead. It was interesting to see how they mixed up the very. You know, they bounced around from year to year and session to session. Uh, yeah. You know, there's probably some uh, some uh, tabernacle choir uh, veterans that were like, "Hey, it's me." Five years ago, my my favorite thing in that video when the last one when they did the the medley almost of, you know, how of uh, Hosanna and the spirit of God is when they showed the congregation at the conference center and everyone's sitting down and that one guy just stands up. And at first I thought he had to go to the restroom or something. Cause it looks like he's standing up and They're he's like, like, we do not his stand wife's like pulling him down. He's kind of like, I think we're supposed to stand, honey. <sighs> he got the whole conference center to stand up. That one man can look back at that video 20 years later. That was later his slow like, clap. Yeah. I did this. I did this. I led them all. And I loved it. Anyone who knows me knows I love to get people clapping for no reason. It's fun. So you should do it in like yeah, in, in meetings at work and things. Just be the guy who claps and people will follow. People are followers. That's why all right, you're all Jeff, the from, show. from the comments, a guy named Jared, let's assume he's over all technology for the church. He says the technology to put on the words is superimposed in a different way than the audio translation. They can oh put up only one set of words. So. Oh, I'm sorry. So on that same feed, when they, show, when, when they show the church's logo on interstitial screens, do they just show it in English? Because they clearly can't change it. There's well, too much work involved. Jared, if that's well, your name. Well, then shouldn't we just put up whatever the most commonly spoken language is? Wouldn't that be like, just put them up in Spanish or Portuguese or something? Or the language of the restoration, English. That we, why don't we put it up in the Deseret alphabet? That way everyone is covered equally. 
Vietnamic language. She put out up in Aramaic just to be thorough. Can we go back to the Hosanna shout real quick? Because I totally missed this. It was definitely uh, the middle of the night and oh, I was yeah. sleeping. So besides Al, thanks for your thoughts. But what did any like? Was it good for anybody else? Yeah, or it was. Did it always yeah. just kind of feel a bit weird? No, if, it was if great. You, if you took the time to do it. Take it seriously. It was great. Yeah. Uh, if you're just watching old guys wave handkerchiefs around, it probably wasn't very cool. And I appreciated the President Nelson right before he went into it said to our colleagues in the media, please like treat this with the reverence we do. Like he took the time, to be like this isn't this is not the one to have a laugh about, folks. Like this is serious. To well, us. Josie, not I- to give you the wrong impression, I I thought it was like it's a, it was a great thing over here. Also, it was it was just one of those that uh, I was not prepared to explain. You know, when I'm like prepping, okay, we're going to sit down. It's going to be 10 hours of watching TV. This is our church. You've never been to a meeting before. It's so like, this is every Sunday. Also, boom, curveball, Hosanna shout <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah. That's fair. Here's your one moment of exercise. Get your arm exercises I, in. I, uh, I enjoyed it even more than I thought I would. Like to me, it was almost pretty moving because I got my kids in the room. I just, yeah. you know, I've got a, I've yeah. got a almost five year old and a two year old, and they just stood there and like waved their handkerchiefs and set it along with the prophet, and they were really into it. Wait, did you? Have, t- did you have handkerchiefs for everyone, Jeff? Yeah, we had we had enough stuff for everybody. So we um, it wasn't a Kleenex or a paper towel. No, it was a legit handkerchief. Nice. We keep a stash. There was a mention. President Nelson did say that if you didn't have a handkerchief or anything to wave, that you could just use your hand. And I'm a bit curious of like what that's actually supposed to look like. Is that just like just 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 a waving hand, just just flicking your hand in the air? I guess. (laughs) All All right. I would assume you keep the fingers straight. Fingers straight. I don't think I don't think elbow elbow wrist wrist. You know, no jazz hands. Okay. Good to know. I'll I'll keep that in mind when I do that this afternoon. That's funny. I dug it though. It was cool. President Nelson is such a uh, man. He just mixes it up all the time. It's been a lot of fun the past two years because he just, it's, it is so different. I think we were in such a comfort zone for so many years. There's always cool changes that happen, you know, under President Monson. I think the most landmark thing with President Monson was probably the missionary age drop. I can't think of anything else that was more significant. And then, of course, there was a note there. There was also the November policy that happened. (laughs) Don't don't forget that one. there There was those two. Um, and it makes me wonder if, you know, Elder Nelson was just sitting there for years thinking, man, when I get my chance, here's my list. Like, I mean, there's just so much. He did. That, uh, he did. Well, I mean, in his fact, wife, wife said, said that. Yeah. He said, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. She said he would wake up in the middle of the night and like start scribbling things down and just say, we need to do this and this and this. And then I think she actually described him as unchanged. She was some pretty funny right. yeah, adjective to yeah. describe. <laughs> I was looking at things just like... No, like the name of the now. church thing is one that I think she specifically called out that he's been thinking about for 30 years. Oh, well, oh, he yeah. gave a talk about it in the 90s. And yeah, yeah. like uh, then a couple of talks later, President Eagley got up and was just like, and it's not that big of a deal, so don't worry about like, it. Like, quiet down, Nelson. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I think, the, I think since that day, he's been saying, oh, someday I am going to fix <laughs> yeah. this. I like that the far more PR-minded Gordon B. Hinckley was like, yeah, this isn't really a thing we're going to get worked up about. Yeah. Uh, Uh, yeah, I I was super against it when it came out, but like after now, what's it been two years? I'm starting to be like, okay, this is fine. I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm more used to it now. And now with the new symbol, I joked about this online. (laughs) Finally, we got the graphic to go with the name. So so now we have a graphic to go with the name. And now for the many people that have been harping on this week in Mormons to change our name because of, of things, our logo also has the the eye in this is the Moroni silhouette. And now that Moroni has just been demoted 
for everything, it seems. I just we're we're way behind. I wonder if the church will keep the copyright below Christ. Yes, go figure. Right? It's like it's almost as if Moroni is a less important figure in our theology. Yeah, almost. Almost. (laughs) So I have a question again because I didn't get any of the Sunday session. Is Moroni still going on top of temples, or has he been like officially demoted? They've they're still releasing renderings of the temples that have a Moroni that have a Moroni. I don't think Christ is going on top of temple spires. Well, I would feel I weird. I'd feel weird about that, especially if it was like a Christus Christ. That would just feel kind of unwieldy, like unbalanced on top of a temple. Yeah, a little bit. He'd have now, to redesign. Not, not like this very balanced Moroni trumpet with a trumpet. No, he's yeah. got his he's got his feet on that little ball, and he's like, oh, yeah, oh it's that's like a circus like performer, a seal. Balance, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he looks like he looks like he was made for that. Speaking of temples, can someone give me the download of the temple announcements? I have resisted looking at the news. Hit me. You want to jump up? I would like to know what temples have been announced. Shanghai is the coolest one. Devin, this is my world. Stop taking my thunder. (laughs) China? Hey, I'm the one who lived in China for a year. I get to say Shanghai. All right. So so the big one that dropped at the end, yes, the mic drop moment was Shanghai. And that's the moment when... Well, when, uh, well, I mean, that was a mic drop after Dubai. I mean, after like, Dubai. Dubai. Yeah. yeah. And it was, Dubai, so everyone's yeah. like, Dubai. And then he's like, and Shanghai. Yeah. Okay. So let's list all of them. So we got Bahia Blanca, Argentina, which is one that we flirted with off and on in our temple predictions. So congratulations, not Joe. This, he's not been this pushing time for around. that for years. Not this time around. It got honorable mention status. Uh, same goes for Tallahassee, Florida. The Florida panhandles actually remained outside of that 200 mile radius map thing we do. It's been a little bit of an underserved area. So. That's cool. Uh, Lubumbashi in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. How many temples is we, that for Congo now? That'll be that'll be two. They just dedicated the one in Kinshasa last year. So where did Lubumbashi, you guys, though. Where, where, were, where was it that you guys thought the Congo, the DRC would get? We, we've often said Lubumbashi, but then Joe had the idea that it should instead be in Kanongo, which is more centrally located. Right. I refuted the idea, so I win. Okay. Um, <laughs> I thought Lubumbashi still made more sense. The one I'm really psyched about, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yes. Cool. I'm sorry. Shanghai what? No, everybody. <laughs> Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania was one of our predictions this year, and I'm amazed it actually happened. I actually was surprised there. Uh, Benin City, Nigeria. So this one was a big deal because we just announced a second temple in Nigeria six months ago, and we were wondering, like, are we going to actually have a third temple announced before they've done anything relevant on building the second one? And apparently we will. So uh, the other good one is Syracuse, Utah. Where, where is Syracuse, Utah? It's right it's next to Layton. Of- it's right next to Layton, which it's like is also the west side of Layton, right? Yeah, there's it's Layton. out by the lake, out by Great it's, Salt Lake. It's like a Provo Orem situation, and yet, so that's why I thought it would be out of the running, at least at this stage, considering Layton is getting a temple. But can someone in Utah it? tell me, are people actually excited when you get a temple announced there, or are you just kind of like? Woo. Are they like, excited when there's a new Cafe Rio announced? Yes. Oh, yes, oh okay. All right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's just curious. If they could merge the we're, two. We're excited in a different way. I mean. I want you to get to the point where Utahns are like, great, we're building a temple now. Another a one. Bluffdale no. now. Yippee. When they just don't care. I don't think that'll happen. Oh, no, um, I thought we were all- already at that point. No. no. Oh, no. So this is big news. Dubai's pretty cool. We've we've yeah. t- said Abu Dhabi a few times in our predictions, just because the church has a little bit. It's centered a little bit more there. There's more units, so we thought maybe there. If the but it's still the UAE. That's pretty awesome. And they said President Nelson just kind of said almost offhandedly, "We're doing this because the government invited us to do it," which is like this is like a Freiburg, Germany 
East Germany situation or something. Yeah, that Wait, is which one? the most Dubai thing I have possibly for, ever heard. <laughs> for du- apparently the the Emirate of Dubai, in some capacity, basically invited or asked the church either if they would build a temple or if they were interested in building a temple. I don't. We don't know. President Nelson didn't say a ton about it, but for, it seems like some form of invitation. Now, now, if they build it after the architecture of the region. Will it have 12 islands with it? Yes. Or will it be be like this giant vertical, like, you know, like that? What's the name of that? The hotel. How do they imagine? The the, uh, the Burj Khalifa. Yeah. yeah. Khalifa. Yikes. Yeah. No, that is Who's pretty. Jo- that is pretty Dubai. Dubai right? Yeah, I've been. So yeah, there yeah. is some interesting architecture there, but it's not surprising as well that they were invited. Like this is Dubai has been trying to draw more international attractions of any sort for a very long time. So that's why. It's, well, the international attraction of a mm-hmm. temple. Not well. I mean, maybe they're hoping that it'll be a little bit of like a. You know, they know that Mormons go to lots of different temples, and if they're traveling, then. They might go, oh, we should really maybe do this layover in Dubai and stay a day or two and go to the temple there. Like, I can now, totally see that happening. Do we proselyte in Dubai? No. Um, no. So, so they probably no, but, wouldn't be able to build like a visitor center to go with it then because you wouldn't know. I don't know. If, yeah, I guess it depends on how you define proselytizing if it's something like a visitor center. Because, you know, there's a lot of countries where we can't proselytize. But if like we have information available and people come to us seeking it and we're not the, like the Ill aggressor. Display model. <laughs> I, just, I just think that, would, yeah, yes. I just think that'd be cool. Like if, if, like you said, like you were pointing out, Josie, like if it's, it is such a big tourist destination and, and if they are trying to just attract people, we might take the same attitude and say, well, you know, it's a touristy place. We're going to build a temple there. Let's build a visitor center too. So we can tell people what we're all about. If they've been invited to build a temple there in the first place, I wouldn't be surprised if they're hoping for like the full deal because one, that's, you know, a good building contract for them. And then two, it's like, oh, great, more people to come and see, you know, because not everyone can go into the temple. I'm sure there'd be plenty of curious people who would at least want to go. What is this building? And the church in the United Arab Emirates and a lot of the Persian Gulf region is primarily expat driven. Yeah. So it's not like, it's not a lot of native Arabs who are members. It's, it's a lot of Western, like petrochemical executives and a lot of Filipinos. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of Filipino people there. So in some ways, I think it's fair to look at a temple in the UAE as another temple in the Philippines in one way or another, which, which is what but you're But it'll be really thinking. great for those yeah, workers so. there because they just can't, you know, most, oh, yeah. they can't yeah. really go back to the Philippines very often. So this will be great for them. But I like what you were saying about it being, especially just being the transportation hub that it is. I mean, Abu Dhabi is as well, but a lot of traffic goes through Dubai. A lot of the airlines allow for the layovers. There's a lot of things that make sense for work. Sorry, Alf, you were going to say something. Well, I I was, sorry, I was going to move on and ask a question about China if if that's, if we're ready to move. But uh, on China, did I understand this right? Where they're, they're saying it'll be an existing ward building that they'll just like retrofit to be temple-ish? Did, did they say they're going to retrofit? I think they said it would be a mixed-use building for yeah. sure, but I don't know if it was going to be new construction that would be a mixed-use building. And, and they like, called it out like deliberately, Hong it's not for tourists. Don't right. yeah. don't go visit that so one. So does that mean and like- Only open by appointment. So if I'm there, just have to be in the area, I can't just like go show up and be like, yeah, I want to take some pictures. Nope. Like, so it'd be- You could probably- t- just well, you, drive could probably by? Take picture, you could probably take pictures of the outside of the building, depending on what they do, but you wouldn't be allowed to go. Even if you called and said, hey, I'd like to do a session, they wouldn't let you. There's going to be some severe restrictions, so which makes sense. Living there and an, an expat, well, right? I'm, I'm, no, I'm guessing. I don't even know if the, I don't know if the expats will be able to go. I don't know if Devin he, has I thought think he specifically this. said they would. 
Okay, because my mom, for my mom, spent a couple years just living in China recently, and they had their own branch of the expats, but they weren't even allowed to mingle with yeah. the yeah. And that was one of the things that ship. that was one of the things he clarified. Yeah, that that would that that situation would continue. Uh, it's probably why they're doing appointments is because the the, the church has committed that in China uh, outsiders, that is non Chinese nationals, will not have any influence over the church. The church will uh, operate uh, autonomously in China. Uh, and it's interesting that it it pretty much does, in my experience from living there for a year, uh, like, like we never even occupied the space as expats while uh, Chinese nationals were in the space. It, how, who, who in the leadership of the church pulled this off? I mean, this is, uh, this is like an president Nelson, I'm guessing based <laughs> right. on his extensive Chinese contacts. I have to, I have to imagine this would not have happened. Well, and he's conversant, isn't he? In, in Mandarin. Yeah. President yeah. Nelson speaks, is, I believe he is. Nel- yeah. President Nelson speaks Mandarin fluently. Remember, I think he said that years ago when he had like a personal revelation that learning Mandarin would be important and so he just went off on his own. I think it was in maybe the '80s, sometime, and just took Mandarin classes. And that started is the most it. Nelson brand. Well, I think he ended up even like doing some sort of like fellowship or something in China, where he trained heart surgeons and things like that. And, and, he, all- and he was visually emotional when he when he talked about that temple, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. President Nelson has an extensive, I'd say, probably more so than any other person at his level in church history, as far as a relationship with China and the Chinese government. So I can't imagine anybody else would have marshaled it wow. through. Like this, and we assuming it's already all. I mean, it's not ready to go, but obviously they've. Well, they wouldn't have announced all, it if they hadn't gone through extensive exactly. talks and agreements. Yeah. Like I don't, if if the Chinese government wasn't hundred percent on board, there's no way he would have announced it in. Uh, well, yeah, this, is, this isn't like uh, this isn't Syracuse. A lot of temples <laughs> in Utah, they just announced them and they've right, never like Orem, informed, right? I, I've heard of yeah. course. Yeah. I've heard uh, yeah. the Syracuse mayors against it. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jeff, exactly. what's the status of the Moscow temple? Uh, first of all, no one says it's in Moscow, Devin. We just know it's a temple somewhere in Russia. We were hoping to get more specifics, but it's the Vladivostok temple, right? Well, everyone wondered about that because in the graphic, when Elder Bednar was speaking, he oh, put yeah, up a graphic, graphic that showed the growth of temples like throughout the years, how many we've had on a map of the world. And when he mentioned when the star went up for a temple that's presumably supposed to mean the one in Russia, it was basically where Vladivostok is. I don't think the temple's going there. I'm not privy to Revelation, but if Russia's first and only temple goes all the way close to the border with North Korea, you can have my stimulus check from the COVID-19 stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yours and Danielle's or just yours? Just mine. Just oh, okay. Mine. Maybe one of the kids. That's only 500 for <laughs> That's right. But, you get uh, paid for kids too. I don't know where to be. There were some funny things on that map anyway that we don't need to get into, but uh, is, is we don't there, know where that temple's going to go. What is the Mormon population up in Vladivostok? I don't know. I know they closed the mission there. The Vladivostok mission got absorbed by the Novosibirsk one. So that's a big old mission now. So I don't think it's... it's not Are any missions still I open? I don't know. It seems... I mean, Dude, they, so. I, they're just I like so, highly restricted in what they, you can do. That, like there would be a nod to the some 40% of the mission force that oh, got yeah. sent home. Yeah. Right. Like oh, yeah. that was one of those things that's, that's huge happened like a week and a half ago that, uh, that didn't get, there was any, not even a mention of yeah. it really. Was yeah. there? No. And again, Tell, Elder Ballard talked about that in his interview and, and president Nelson has addressed it at least indirectly outside of conference. But yeah. See, it would have been nice to have more talking about it, wouldn't it, Al? Huh? Wouldn't it be nice to have Not more? Not COVID. Mentions? I mean, missionary work. Missionary it's related to work. COVID. It's related to COVID. 
Perhaps the hope is just that they'll be able to go out soon. Although I think that's, it's going to be still going to be a while. Yeah. Well, it's going to be, yeah. Our mission calls. Oh no, they're doing the virtual MTC. That would be the worst. Oh, we talked a bit on last week's show, like what's going to happen if you do your virtual MTC, but they're still not sending missionaries to the field. Cause then I, I think officially Kurt, didn't we at least decide looking at the text that like you do your MTC time, you'd then you'd be released. Until right. you get called up for duty, my mom would not respect the rules of the MTC. I'm just calling that out right now. It would that'd not be work. So, that'd be so weird. I'd though, be still doing it. chores. I'd be still going out. <laughs> it's like, come on, Allison, don't watch this movie with us. Yeah. No, I will not watch Saw. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, family. Goodness gracious. That's what my mom likes to watch. Yeah. I got to watch The Princess Bride last night. Thank you, BYU TV, for carrying me right over. But it was edited, wasn't it? It was edited and it cracked me up. This is totally. What was edited? Well, Inigo says a really mean thing to the six fingered man right before he kills him. I want my father back, you. You son of a bee. Yeah. He just says, and and Wesley makes a lewd comment about a perfect blank and there's a shortage of them in the world and it would be a pity to damage hers boobs we cut out the boobs breasts yeah. sorry it, it, it just yeah. cut straight to him saying it would be a pity to damage those that's like always says and i was wondering <laughs> whatever those are and, and sponsored and, sponsored by vid angel yeah. and, and i noticed i noticed one other one too when wesley's doing the uh the big speech of to the pain that's when funny. he's talking about the babes crying and stuff like that there's one part when he says my gosh what is that thing? Yeah. And they just didn't, they cut out the, the reference. So they did, did they not even try to like 90s style dub it? Like, and like put in a bad overdub that they just cut it out and completely. It was just a cut. Uh, the whole, that's... the whole cut was fascinating because it even faded out and in as if a commercial break was coming, but then just kept going. Oh, no. I don't know what tape, what old tape they're using, but BYU TV is crushing it. It was great. Wow. <laughs> I actually wondered watching, I was like, there's that breast line. I wonder if they're going to leave that in. And then sure enough. They delivered. That's where my man went to, Jeff, right there. That's the one line as like the an breast apparent, line. You'd be like, I'd be like, this is basically a perfect movie, but I'd feel weird about any kid younger than a certain age even getting that slightly lewd reference. So that's why it's in my head because I'm a father who loves his children. That's now. why. Mine aren't old Good enough dad. to care Good about dad. yet. So I've got I feel like we're a little off the rails, but I like it. I think this should be the whole show. I mean, we're only 30, <laughs> 38 minutes in and we haven't even talked about a single talk. Can I? So, well, if you want to, oh, go ahead, Al. I was going to say, uh, calling out favorites, Joy D. Jones. Yes, I I loved her talk. That was yes. like a highlight of Saturday for me. Tell me more. Uh, she well, was talking about the women in the priesthood. Uh, you know, I it's interesting this discussion about that, and Elder Oaks talked about it too. Was the it, it begs the question of whether the brethren are getting us ready for women to have the priesthood or simply defending the practice of them not having offices in the priesthood. Sorry, I didn't mean to catch oh, By the way, I, th- I think we're talking about Gene Bingham, though, right? Not Joy Jones? No, no that's Joy Jones. Joy Jones. Joy Jones, the primary general president. Yeah, she ta- her, her talk okay. was all about the continuing role of women in the yes, restoration. she did, she yeah, did. Yeah. But Sister Bingham talked about some similar things. I just want to keep making Right, sure. yeah. There was that key phrase that she had that I've seen like retweeted and shared over and over again, that like a woman's primary role is to hear him. And I've seen that like and to be a disciple, right? Yeah. Shared, yeah, all over, and that was kind of a cool moment. I, I, I think love- the, the key implication was revelation, right? That women mm. 
are responsible to receive revelation, which I think is a yeah is an important thing. Yeah, that was that was Elder Oaks backed that up too, where where the idea was like when when the man's not in the home, the priesthood is still there. You've made covenants. You guys are connected to this. Yeah. Like you're now presiding over your ha- over your family when the husband's absent. Uh, Joy, she also her comment that like one of the notes I took on it was uh, the effort of women is is ten uh, x today versus earlier times, right? The obviously a paraphrase, but like just the the idea that they have so much more capacity and capability to uh, sort of grow into their into their own than they have in earlier times. Which you know, thinking of like the eighteen hundreds, how how far we've come where now there's like so much more potential and, and opportunity in front of, uh, I think all women, uh, just because of the pioneers that had gone before, uh, it was, it was a really cool call out and sort of a, uh, cool place to go in conference. I thought. Yep. Yeah. I liked hers a lot. And of course there was all the cutaway with president Nelson and the kids. That was great. I liked with, that. That was really good. Is that being a prophet? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank it you is. for the, That's you like a straight up press. Kid? That's like when a politician calls upon the person from the favorable new media outlet. Or here's here's your softball. Is it hard? Right. Yes, it is. Thank you for asking. So let me tell you why. That was cool, though. I, I would love to see. I don't think the kid was coached that. I didn't get that feeling. No. It seemed like a sincere question. And that great line, the Lord loves effort because effort becomes the reward. Yeah. It's, um, Which was a good reminder because it's more about effort than being perfect right now. Like so We have to clean try. Clean kid. We have to try. That was a good talk. Directly after that one, Neil uh, Neil Anderson. I quite enjoyed his uh, Prince of Wales suit, if anyone noticed that. And his, like, did you, I'm assuming everyone noticed the pause in his long list of, and he knew that I knew that he knew. And then, it, like, he just kept repeating that phrase over and over again to the point where, um, we were having like a little the friends bit, episode. Yeah, we were having a little bit of a laugh over it, but it was a good talk still. And this yeah, I didn't see a lot. Who else has to? I didn't see much of this. My kid um, had an accident, yeah, yeah, so yeah. tell me more. No, he tell was great. He talks about the the lady who was baptized at 103 mm-hmm. years old. Right? It was more than that, that wasn't that she? Like 114 in that picture or something like that? <laughs> well, <laughs> I heard, I heard she was 122. Another. I thought no, seriously, it was like well over 100. It was like I I remember my well, daughter. She was 114 when he showed up, but she got baptized at 103. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, that's Crazy. awesome. All right. And, and what and was th- that story? President Nelson received revelation like mid-surgery? Yeah, yeah. I saw the, that? the stitches and how to pull it off. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. The other one that I really liked, uh, speaking of hearts, I, I can't remember who it was, maybe Razban, but the but it was the story of the, the grandpa that was a brick mason with his grandson and he needed a new heart. And it was Renland, right? Renland. Oh, Renland. Renland. Yeah. I loved that talk. And he it was, it was it was such beautiful imagery to me of, of like him getting his grandson's heart and then pausing every morning to say thank you uh for for the person that had given him this other shot at life. Man, that was that was such a so, uh, it's it's almost a fantastical feeling story, but uh, assuming assuming that really happened, man, that is just an incredible. It's like that movie with David Duchovny. Yeah, yeah. Face I off? was just about to say that. Return to me. Yeah, return to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a good move. I actually I really love this talk too. Um, just that concept of remembering the great things God has done for us. Like that was the way he pivoted. Like he, he quoted was it Mosiah as a twenty seven? I think yeah. 
you know, what's the thing the angel said to Alma the Younger when when the angel appeared to him? It wasn't like, hey, repent, repent. It said, no, go and remember the captivity of thy fathers in the land of Helam and in the land of Nephi and remember how great things he has done for them for they were in bondage and he has delivered them. So I just love that idea. Like, no, pivot your stuff around. Like, what are we remembering? Are we remembering all the great things God does for us on a daily basis? Are we still talking about Elder Renland? Is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Yeah, no, I um, hang on, I'm pulling up a note. And he he clearly Dale, drew. Dale he, is how we talk. Refer to one. Yeah, we he clearly drew the analogy to the atonement, and there's something I want to jump to in Elder Ty's talk about the atonement as well. But maybe, maybe Jared, you've got another thought. Yeah, just the uh, quote from Elder Renlund's talk that I just loved, and this one you kind of have seen going around as little memes already. Um, he says the Savior loves to restore what you cannot restore. He loves to heal wounds that you cannot heal. He loves to fix what has been irreparably broken. And I just thought that was so powerful. And that's, and that's, and I love that language because that's one of the ways I've just been thinking about the atonement in the last couple of years about, I, I think about how I break things and you know, they're not necessarily intentionally, but just that, that I, just by my nature, I, 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 things break and I can't fix them. And I've seen the, I've come to see the atonement as something that allows me to invite the savior into my life and to fix things that, that I've broken to repair things that I thought, Oh gosh, I, I'm never going to fix that. So I, yeah, that language really spoke to me. There's I a just, Kenneth Copey of why song. Just <laughs> was about it, that. Was it? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Anyway, I just, no, I it's real. It's called broken things. Great song. Well, there you go. Well, I had no idea. What is Kenneth well, Copey doing nowadays? Elder, t- Elder Ty said uh, something similar, and it gets at the same ideas. Through his atonement, he binds up our wounds, takes upon himself our infirmities, and heals our broken hearts. Mm. Now, the interesting thing about that observation is uh, Elder Jimenez uh, from Chile also said, although our lives may at times be relatively smooth, the time will come for each of us when we will face unexpected challenges and storms that will push the limits of our ability to endure physical, mental, family, and employment challenges, natural disasters, and other matters of life or death are but some of the examples of storms that we will face in this life. He sort of seemed to acknowledge that, you know, that the, the atonement doesn't remove those from us. Um, and, and yet we go through them and they're extremely painful. I'm wondering how you guys think, in what sense does the atonement remove that pain from us, that physical, emotional pain? In what sense? Because we've all experienced it. In what sense does the atonement remove it? I don't, for me, I don't know that it, that it removes it. I think it just makes me more able to bear it and to bear it well. Like I've never, like I've gone through some pretty heartbreaking things in my family and, um, you know, deaths and, and injuries and et cetera. I've never felt like, oh yeah, this was a breeze because the atonement, like I didn't feel anything. It was more like, I'm so glad I have a hope of something better to come. And, and that, and even in the moment I do see small and sometimes big miracles that kind of help you get through that. But yeah, it doesn't change or take away the pain. It just makes me more equal to it. I I mean, the thing about the thing about the atonement is it focuses on the root of the problem, right? Where, where pain may be symptomatic. So I think, I think there's in a way it does address the, the actual pain, but it doesn't, you know, it's not putting a bandaid on top. It's, it's like healing, what's going to heal the wound from the inside. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's a, it's an interesting question. And especially in light of, of his, his analogy that he let out with around the physician 
and uh, you know gave gave me a plan of things to do, and and I could choose. He used that word very carefully. I could choose to follow along with it, and I know the outcome would would improve that. And, and spiritually, you know, if we went and got spiritually checked up, we could have a plan of what would improve us, and we could choose uh, to follow a lot of these things. I I. The, the atonement the atonement side of that uh, you know that great scripture in Isaiah where where uh, you know talking messianically about about the atonement and it says when thou is, when you have chosen to make my offering uh, or you've made my or chosen my offering as an offering for sin right there's this this concept of of uh, you've taken my offering or my atonement and actually used it and that's what's made me into your seed and stuff uh into your into your your uh, a child of of theirs i'm butchering this but the idea is that uh that like the atonement always being there as soon as we choose to take advantage of it 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 absolutely can change you know physically emotionally mentally uh it doesn't fix you know it, it makes complete in in some sense but i don't know to what jared was saying i don't know that it always manifests immediately in in the outward form but yeah, there's there's a lot of interesting thoughts inside of that. Yeah, oh, thank you. In, oh, sorry, can I move us towards another talk? Is that be right? I just want mm-hmm. we've talked about this, some general uh, exciting announcements and new parts of the conference, but we haven't touched on the youth speakers, which came out of nowhere on the the Saturday evening. I Could hope you imagine. I know, right? And I'm, I was just thinking, like, how does this process unfold? When did they? I really want to know how they, how they vetted people and how, they, know, right? how this became a reality. And uh, but I mean, they both walked up there and they just like hit a home run and walked off. It was, it was like it was so awesome to see this. And that poor uh, dude was sweating bullets, but he he killed it. <laughs> yeah. He killed it. He and did. The, he did. The girl he knows she was not, practicing smiling while giving that talk and she murdered it she did yeah, yeah, no, she they were did. both so well spoken it was really impressive enzo is not going to get rejected next time there's a dance <laughs> he, <laughs> he has the greatest like the greatest pickup line ever right hey i, I did in general conference i didn't remember so older ben uh, kids ever speaking line. in general conference but but uh Trib said it's happened a number of times the it's last ha- time. Among them, Matthew Matthew Holland, uh, yeah, who, will, who, who just got called as a seventy. He was a youth speaker back in like the eighties. Wait, what? This has happened before? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Ninety-seven was the last time. And even I, had, I didn't uh, know. I didn't pick up on Matthew Holland being one of them. That's cool. Yeah. And they had like a the Olympic gold medalist, uh, the gymnastics guy. I can't think of his name right off in like eighty-five. Oh, he's from Irvine, Jeff. You should know. This. Kurt, what's his? Yeah, Kurt, what's his face? I forgot about his name. He's a fireside special. Anyways, they used Kurt. to have and, and Lavelle Edwards LDF. once spoke, yeah. you know, as the BYU football coach. So they used to mix it up a little bit, but uh, but it's celebrity I, I kind guest of hope speakers. They go back to this, yeah. Peter Vidmar, Vidmar, yes, that's yes. who you're thinking of, yeah. I wonder, can we get a special musical number every now and then? Somebody just whipping out a violin, busting it out, or a little solo, something or other. Uh, only if it is Lindsay. Only if it's Lindsay Sterling, and only if it's in that conference room, and they have weird video of her just like <laughs> dancing around the seats. I She's got to be all around. in for that. The glide cam following her. Who paints a mural of President Nelson, but it's upside, upside down, down, and then yeah. he flips it over. Yes. That would be that would be great. Is well, if thing? we're gonna bring if we're gonna bring random youth speakers, I feel like it's sort of an opportunity to open it up a little bit and try just inviting some other 
Yeah. Some other well, I think it's just, it's a great model, I think, to really relate to the youth that are listening. Like, I know as a youth, I would have like leaned in a little bit or actually, oh, for sure. you know, listened yeah. if, if one of my peers was speaking. So I hope this is something that continues. Do, do, yeah. will they, do they vet their talks more? Like, to me, I mean, well, are sure you worried about doctrinal? Were, because, you mean because they, because they famously allegedly let the general authorities like, yeah, but a conference talk like and, goes in the end side and then we reference that. We say, well, in conference 2020, they said, well, isn't every, yeah. to- isn't every talk vetted by correlation? They, they vet, I mean, yeah, they, vet, they, vet the, they vet the talks. They have to rehearse their talks. I mean, they write what they want to write, but they time things pretty well. And they have to go well to translation too. too. Yeah. Translation. So all that cool. stuff happens. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure a lot went into it. I mean, obviously, I I want to believe that Laudy and Enzo wrote the entirety of their remarks, and that was oh that. sure. But I'm I, sure I, they I don't were know how reviewed. much of a, I don't know how much of a polish came out of it from the correlation committee. But I no no no. I'm not it, suggesting that correlation would have like revised. Them. I'm suggesting correlation ghost wrote their talk. That's what I'm suggesting. <laughs> no no no. I think. Call, would you? <laughs> hey, can I? Um, Laudy is just a figurehead <laughs> for the women's movement in the church now. Of course, she's the best. She's the best dressed of any. She's of the, the Katniss figures. Everdeen of uh, of youth women. Yeah. Yes. She's a Kate Kelly in sheep's clothing. Yeah. Yeah. No no what? no. no. <laughs> we were trying to be genuinely complimentary. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I wanted to make a kind of a general. So we've kind of talked about we've been touching on these talks that have talked so powerfully about the atonement, and that was one thing that like just stuck out to me. Because, you know, this was very much a conference that was about commemorating the Restoration. You know, very much, obviously, they stated that over and over again. And so many of those talks began with, you know, I'm going to talk about the Book of Mormon and this, its role in the Restoration or, you know, the First Vision or whatever. But I was so impressed that it, often when we speak about the Restoration, we kind of speak of it as as if it were an end unto itself. And I don't know if that's always necessarily a bad thing. It's good to concentrate on the details of the restoration. But I felt like a lot of these, most of these restoration talks ended up being so centered on Christ and his atonement and that, that the restoration, the whole purpose of it was to point to Jesus and to restore the priesthood power that gives us access to him. And I just loved that. I mean, and that started with uh, Elder James Rasband from the 70, like his talk, it, it was, I was like, okay, here we go. It's a Book of Mormon talk, but it was a, it was a Jesus Christ talk couched as a Book of Mormon talk. And I saw that over and over again, and I just loved that. I, I thought that was powerful, especially since, you know, it's Palm Sunday weekend and we're a week out from Easter. I always hope that April Conference is going to be very Easter and resurrection and atonement centered. And I, I wasn't disappointed. I was, I was very, I felt very uplifted and that a lot of these messages that were coming through were ones that I wanted to revisit because I felt them drawing me closer to the savior and understanding and thinking about him more and in different ways that I hadn't before. So I don't know, just thought that was really good. Yeah. Elder Stevenson gave it a great talk. He talked about the temple seismic upgrades as a metaphor for faith. The interesting thing is uh, it wasn't so much the talk he gave as the fact that he referenced that uh, the need for seismic upgrades, because it does relate directly to faith. It's not what he said about faith that moved me. It was this fact. It was the, the drawings, the visual Wait, no, drawings. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. No, but the, the, the church could pray and have faith that the temple would never fall. But it's also going to spend $100 million, $100 million or $200 million dollars Putting in seismic upgrades in the Salt Lake Temple. Devin, nobody has a hundred billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> nobody has a hundred billion. <laughs> Where did that number come from? <laughs> They're going to spend a lot of money, right? To and so it, it it for me that's the that's the lesson on faith, right? Is that um, 
we, we fast and pray for the pandemic to end, but we also uh, get vaccinated. We also uh, stay home. We, we, the church Hold on, Devin, you, you, have a va- you have a vaccine for COVID? <laughs> no, no. But I mean, the, the, in principle, right? We, Hoarding. We, so we, we pray for, for the pandemic to end, but we also didn't have conference together. Yeah. We also closed the temples. We also closed the churches around the world, right? So we have faith, but we also do the smart thing. And and that is, you know, I love that about our religion. I love that about that it. was reinforced with uh, with Elder Holland's talk beautifully. I thought where he's like he's like, listen, we can tackle this, you know, the same fervor we're going after COVID. Let's go after all these other things. Like this is this is absolutely Poverty, something violence. we should be doing. Yeah. We're we're no longer Holland, religious uh, just for the sake of being religious. This needs to move us. Yeah. Did Elder Holland win conference? He did. That like, was the grand slam of conference. Yeah. He's. He's actually got a decade-long dynasty. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty much, pretty much. Eat that, well, yeah, Patriots. Um, so, so uh, I love that talk, though. I don't know if we should dwell on that for a bit or not. Oh, it was but, incredible. Uh, it's fantastic. We can't, I mean, it, I the whole idea for one of looking back and imagining what it would be like in the 19th century. What would he have hoped for? And then how he pivoted to say, "Cool, but how do we look ahead?" And then he mentioned, you know, what Al talked about. You know, he said that COVID is a solemn reminder that a virus a hundred times smaller than a grain of sand can bring entire populations and world economies to their knees. And then I just, like you said, man, that that whole quote about looking for a world without hunger, without children going to school in fear of being shot, um, without ethnic or religious prejudice. I was just like, man, I was like, preach on, brother. I was I was stirred when he was saying that because I love it. The brother talk about and the sisters talk about so many incredible and powerful things, but I love it when they get like really in the dirt on the troubles that we're facing in the world, you know, beyond COVID and COVID's all consuming was, right now, but like, was, yeah, gun violence sucks and we should probably do something about that. No, rather that than to me, I was pray like, for it. What I, you know, you know my reaction to that was like, Oh, like Elder Holland is speaking the language of Christianity. Like he's saying like, we have a mission. We have a responsibility as disciples of Christ to not just say prayers, but to do something to improve the world. It was like James, you know, in the, um, in the epistle of James talking about true religion. Right. And I, so I just felt moved and I thought, yes, like, let's hear more of this. Let's do more of this. It feels you particularly know, brave when you, when typically they try and like not be political. And I don't know that anything in that was like kids not getting shot. I don't feel like is political at all, but I know there's a lot of people that'll read it that way. And so, you know, for him to be bold in that, well, in that moment <laughs> felt great. What's funny is I, I kid you not. I saw people hashtagging who hashtag Desnat during conference uh leave out the quote about kids not getting shot at school when they would share the rest of this quote really i saw that today wait really well because i was i've done a much apply. better job than you curating my twitter timeline i see none of that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey it says LD, it says gen, hashtag general conference so i did see a little bit of that which and i agree i don't think it was in and of itself political oh but yeah i, I thought like it was this is this is a thought i had just this with this most recent fast is that we sort of and now we're going to go through another fast here this this coming friday for good friday is that we sort of go through these sort of like yeah you know we want this big bad monster covid to just go away right we want to go back to life as as normal but i as i pondered over this i really it uh came to a thought of, no, actually I want, I want to be changed by this fast that not that, not that this goes away, but that 
we continue forward with with getting other evils of the world to go away. And, and you know, Elder Bednar talked about this very forcefully. Like we are here to conquer evil and, and to remove it from yeah. from this planet. Obviously, I'm, I'm well, well. Who was it that said that was talking about how God doesn't cause uh, you know these bad situations? Like, but that he. I, or I have it backwards. The God, you know, can give us, show us a way to, you know, improve from a calamity, even though he didn't necessarily cause it. Like, you guys, does this sound familiar? Somebody uh, yeah, said I, that. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> so I'm paraphrasing for sure. But I, I was thinking the same thing, Kurt. Like, and not only like, you know, like you said, from this fast, like we should be fasting and like, let's be better. Let's make ourselves better. But I, I, I've seen that also. I, and I've thought about that in a very practical way. Like my wife and I will, will, will try to take a walk just to get out of our apartment and just be around the neighborhood. But it's so funny as we encounter other people out on walks, you know, everybody just like separates by usually more than six feet. But at the same time, even though we're all like repelling each other, we're all waving and saying hello and being really friendly. And my neighborhood, like Alexandria, Virginia is not like that. We're not a small town. We're not a high neighbor type people. And my wife and I were saying like, well, Will we, will we still do this once we have to, we don't have to like cross the street to get away from each other? Are we still going to be like friendly and greet each other and act like good neighbors? Uh, and I've thought about that also. Like you know, obviously we're all driving a lot less. The air is a little cleaner. We're using less gas. Uh, we're, we're you know what's, like we're using funny? like we're like I just think there are so many practical things that have sort of improved because they've had to. And I keep wondering. Are we going to hold on to these improvements that we've been forced to make after we don't have to make them anymore? Well, there's probably never been anything that's brought families together quite like COVID, right? I mean, like, like to the point of, of relationships healing or like exploding, but, but a lot of healing, uh, you know, and focus on the family and getting dads to spend time with their kids and all that stuff that's wrapped up in there. I mean, there's a big silver lining in all of this. Uh, if, if you wanted to look for like actual improvements to your life. Yeah. I don't know. Plus I tried that Walmart grocery pickup. Amazing. Amazing. (laughs) So I, I, and I don't know, I don't think that's what you were going for, Kurt, but I think that's an extension of what you're saying. Like, yeah, let's not only fast that this will be resolved, but let's fast that we'll all come out of this better, that our society will come out that my my neighborhood will come out of this better, that I'll, I'll be feel, still feel that close with my neighbors that we feel now. And that will, you know, even improve upon that. I would love for that to happen. Yeah. yeah. And there seemed, there was a kind of a thread of that through the weekend of just stressing that guys, this doesn't just have, have to be, we hit a pause on our life and then go back to who we were. Like, this is a good chance to reassess yeah. a lot of what we're doing and then, and then reconvene. I mean, I do think a siege mentality like this kind of gives us every, all of us a common enemy. So you set aside all the other things that make us weird with each other. Um, it's kind of like when you're a missionary in a foreign country or whatever, and you know you just band together because these are or a missionary anywhere. But for, I feel like foreign countries, you're you know you're isolated there. You um, were going to say better, certain, but yeah, I was going to say better, but I wanted to be respectful of Kurt. But yeah, and what? oh sorry, uh, <laughs> no, that's all. I was going to say I, you know, so I think what you were just true. saying we about like over, yeah. you know not just putting pause. That was uh, President Nelson in his Sunday morning address he t- I, I wrote the note think of the good i can do during this time of upheaval and that was a super interesting thought because for most of us that most of the good we're doing right now is staying home right like we keep on keep people keep sending out the message the best thing you can do is not interact with people that's how you like that's how we win but then when he said that i thought well there's more to that than what he's asking us then stay away from people and so i thought what what is the good i can do during this time of upheaval what how can we bless each other's lives when we all have to stay home? And like, was, that was a super interesting thought. It was interesting too. I mean, a lot of times in conference, you can take almost as much 
by what they don't talk about is what they do talk about. Right. And, uh, and, and one of the questions, you know, for me personally, like I, I'm running a business, I have like COVID is dramatically affecting my world. And uh, a lot of the questions at the top of my page as I started conferences, like, what do I need to do? Uh, is, is this the end of humanity? Like, are we going to, you know, is, it, like, is this over sort of thing? And, uh, and they, like, there was no talk of, of building up food storage. There was no talk of like, like the gardening. Impression, the impression I got was like COVID is, is, uh, you know, like it'll, it's going to be a thing, but, but a lot of the talk was sort of on the other side of this as we come out, like off we go. And the feeling is yeah. just like, this isn't. This this needs to be taken seriously, but it certainly isn't the, you know, something that's going to, like, destroy everything. You know, it's not the end game right now, uh, which was a little bit comforting, too, if if you pause and zoom out a little bit and appreciate, you know, the the talks for what they were. They, they skipped all of the doomsday-ish, you know, like, you guys, we got to get our act together or, or the fire's coming. It was, it was much more optimistic and hopeful than that, I felt, which was cool. And the other, the other call out man, Bonnie Perkins, Parkins with the uh, L Tom Perry. You, Bonnie, Bonnie Corden, Bonnie, Bonnie Corden. Who's Bonnie Parkins? I just uh, Bonnie. There, yeah, there, Bonnie. There was there was a Bonnie Parkin in the in the, the LTP old, uh, throwback man. That guy looked adorable. He was great. What? A, yeah. What a, no, I, I saw that and I was like, man, that smile is unmistakable. That is L Tom Perry smile. That big teeth, toothy big grin. Old. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And I love that story going out to feed the chickens. That was awesome. He's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the principle of like, I need your light where it can help me, yeah. not just dancing around out in the out in the dark. It was like, let's let's build some context here. Josie missed this, yeah. So I don't want her. to Oh, it was amazing! So, amazing! Wow. He was. I I don't know what capacity he was in, but he went up staying with her family when she was a younger, an adolescent of some sort, and they had to take care of some chickens. He offered to go with her. I'm cutting a lot of it out. Um, but basically, it was getting dark, and she was not lighting his way as much as hers. And so he stumbled into a ditch and soaked his shoes. He was wearing like his nice such. leather dress yeah. shoes and he like dipped his whole foot into it. Uh, I love that she said it as I heard him dip in there and heard a groan. I love because I love remembering that even holy good people can be like, <laughs> ticked off. But then he just said, Bonnie, I need to see the path. I need the light to shine where I am walking. And she said like, well, yeah, I was shining my light, but I wasn't shining my light in a way that was beneficial for Elder Perry. And then and again, so this, it go- turned into such a powerful jesus centered talk because she talked about how jesus is our light oh would and you let jesus go jared come on no i will not and then that jesus is then all, not only our light but our example for how we should shine our own light you know that idea of like that bonnie needed to shine her light for him to see and like so they yeah, had this idea that we look to christ for our example and become a light ourselves reflect his light so that we can light the way for others it was powerful it was I, I feel talk. like it's probably the most all of the women speakers were just so good the most meaningful advice to member missionary work that I can remember in a conference, right? Like that, like, yeah, you, you come away from that and you say, I, right, that makes sense. Yeah. I got to do this a little differently. I can't just be jovial and happy and that's enough. It's like, I got to help people find the, find a way. Um, I appreciated it. It seemed interesting to me that president Iring was clearly very affected by his preparation for this conference. Cause he mentioned it in both of his talks, just, just basically that, but he just said, you know, when president uh, Nelson gave us the challenge to study the restoration and get ready, he took that seriously and he thought a lot about it. And he kept saying like he was changed through that process. 
in both of his talks, they had different subject areas primarily. But I, I love thinking about this, a man who's been in the first presidency for 12 years, who knows far more than I do about you know innumerable topics, took the time over the past six months to study and felt like something changed in his own countenance from engaging in the study and from approaching this. It just, it teaches me a great lesson. I don't think that the brethren necessarily take for granted their positions by any stretch of the imagination, but I like the reminders that, you know, even those who are quite learned in all of these areas and are very close to the spirit can still have like fundamental changes in their character or their understanding of something even so deep into life. And I, I mean, he called it out multiple times, which I thought was so interesting. Like he was clearly moved in a particular way just about that. That's a good point. Cause did you guys do much of the, um, the suggested preparation for like rereading through, um, the first vision and different accounts of it. And there were a couple of videos up on the website as well for like conference prep. Like I went through, um, quite a bit of it, but, could definitely tell that even within like my own head, I was like, Ugh, I already know all of this and was trying to like, trying to get into it, but I didn't really feel like I got into it until conference actually started. And I was having a really good time listening to it, but I don't feel like my prep went the way president Irene's prep went. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah. And I, and I like in a second talk when he talked about conference, you know, being memorable and unforgettable, he said, well, this is very memorable because everything that's going down, both the subject matter and the setting, but whether it's unforgettable is up to us. And uh, that's a good reminder because it's pretty easy to feel pumped up over a conference weekend. And within two weeks, you're just kind of back in your old routine. And I think that's, I don't know about you guys, but that's something I, I still struggle with and work on no matter how many times it happens, you know, always work in progress. Yeah. Did did anybody catch on the uh on the Saturday session Henry or Henry B. Iring's talk? I, I have written down a note that where uh he said people will willingly take upon them the name of Christ and then uh, in parentheses like this was a prophecy. Does anybody remember the context of that? Or do this, I just this is sun- Saturday evening? Yeah, yeah, he uh he said there'll like there'll come a day where people will willingly take upon them the name of Christ, something around that. No, I'll, I'll go look it up. I'm sure it was interesting. I, I don't have it. I don't either. Facebook, anybody? Anybody? The only the one thing I wrote down, from, or the one main thing I wrote from that talk was I, I liked that he said, the Lord chooses people who choose to do hard things well. I thought that was a cool mm-hmm. concept. Another one that made me ponder, like choosing to do hard things, but not just that, choosing to do hard things well. Yeah. yeah. Back back to uh, the the conference prep Josie that you were mentioning. Uh the first vision video that they released was super new, right? Like that was, yeah. was that was had anybody seen that cuz I I sat down to watch I hadn't this with, seen my, it before. with my friend and I was like this is kind of new to me. Is that the one that uh took in four different accounts from the, var- yeah. from the various different accounts. Yeah, 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 yeah. I believe I, I haven't seen it, but it sounds like you're describing that they've been showing a video like that at the church history museum for the last couple it's of years. A, it's mainly voiceover. Yeah. And it's combined all of the four accounts and like, and they've kind of like, like overlapped them seamlessly. Yeah. I think they just took that out of the church history museum one, but oh, it's really, yeah, it's so good. Anyway, let's pivot real quick. 
President Oaks has gave a couple of remarks. Thoughts on his talk on Saturday night, where he went back to one of his favorite subjects, which is explaining how the priesthood works across genders. Yeah, this was like act two of his uh, priesthood yeah. talk he gave. I, f- I feel like we're on act f- like five by now. And I think he's pretty clear. I think he doesn't want us to call people the priesthood. I think right. he's no. pretty clear about that. Even though in the Catholic Church, that's exactly like the priesthood is the body of priests. Like. Yeah. So, but in our church, we will differentiate and say, no, it is the authority. So, yes, I I thought it was better than I remember the last, like, like more clarity. Uh, I thought the message was probably more supportive and uplifting than beating down. And and maybe it's sort of context of where my head's been at with previous ones of coming in, like hoping for a more benevolent message around the priesthood and, and, uh, and th- but this one, this one, man, I felt like it was very doctrine focused and supportive, and like encouraging us, particularly towards the sisters and their role in the priesthood. Uh, it, it felt I, I don't know better if, than- if if you guys have read uh, Barbara Morgan Gardner's book that she recently came out with. I feel like he was just sort of authorizing a lot of her research and what, yeah. what she brought to that discussion, which is good because a lot of those points, you know, not I'm not. <laughs> Not that he, you know, took all that. I'm sure he's aware of this doctrine and these this perspective. But uh, I think it was just a good one to sort of authorize some of these perspectives about the priesthood, about uh, how vast it is, and uh, that hopefully we can build from that. So, what what book is this? Uh, she wrote a book called I Women think it's in Women priesthood. in the Priesthood. Yeah, it came out this past past twelve months okay. somewhere. But it's great, great read. Well, there we go. So I've got a question. You know, with this with this uh, fast, we've been asked to fast on Good Friday. Um, I was so nervous the fast was going to be for today, and I had cinnamon I, rolls already. I, I thought it was going to be in the moment. In the moment, no. I was I was literally thinking he was on Utah time specifically because <laughs> that way he's like, "You're here right now. Let's enjoy do your this. dinner afterwards because then you're done." And I'm like, "Buddy, buddy, 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 no, 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 no. it's like 10 p.m. here. Come on, I can't do it." Yeah, but I'm just curious. I mean, I don't know when there's ever been an official like fast outside of a Sunday. Um, obviously, Good Friday is a good a good uh, pick, and you know the just how our lives are a bit different right now, where we're all a lot of us are at home. Um, but I'm just curious, like, is your approach to fasting going to be any different? Like, I'm sure a lot of us may have to work to some capacity, even though we're at home on that day. Um, I, I don't know what what's your thoughts on the the different approach of having a fast Sunday on a Friday. Well, first of all, the timing. Does it mean you're starting your fast Thursday night? Great point, Good Jeff. Friday, yeah, or are you, you starting your fast on Friday going into Saturday? This is crucial. Well, the Facebook event I've on. been invited to says yes. no. I don't. Well, of course, that's what will determine this is the guidelines for the Facebook group. <laughs> <laughs> so look for that, that though. The day of fasting, the two meals would be the breakfast and lunch on. Friday, Good Friday, and that so you would start your fast Sunday or th- sorry, I mean Thursday night. Other Christians uh, have fasted on Good Friday. Well, you got to have is, dinner on on Good Friday, so you probably got to start the night before. It's got to be Thursday into Friday. That's it's got to be with you. I'm inclined. No one's giving up ham, um, but in some ways we're joining up with uh, the all of our other fellow and the Christians. Catholics. No, no, no meat yes. on Friday for Catholics. So yeah, obviously fish only. So I don't know. I don't know if anything, Kurt, like you asked, if there's anything particularly, you know, different per se, because yes, I'll be working, but I'll just be, I'll be working (laughs) in my, give me something to do. I still have things to do at work, Kurt. (laughs) I I know. I'm just saying, instead of eating, I figured out a way to make money. 
while I'm. Do you guys work on Good Friday? Do you not have that? Isn't that a public holiday? Not for a lot of people. It's a stock market holiday, but it is. Oh, we're not living in holiday. like Josie in Guatemala, it, Josie. I deserve it. We're, so take you it. do deserve <laughs> you do, it. Al, you do. Take uh, it. So it's an interesting question, Kurt, because I, I liked that President Nelson, you know, specifically said, you know, obviously everyone has their own, you know, physical limitations or whatever else. And, you, you know, you need to make, to make sure you take that into account and fast in whatever way you can. Uh, and so it, normally I'm fine to fast for whatever, you know, like a, a normal fast. But I, it just so happens that like weeks ago, I set up an appointment for Thursday to donate blood. And um, the Red Cross has emailed me and phoned me multiple times saying, please, please don't cancel your blood appointment because we need it, right? Like, I guess a lot of people are just like, ah, COVID-19, I don't want to go out and give blood. So like, I'm pretty sure I'm going to keep the appointment. But then the, the number one thing they tell you after you finish giving blood is drink lots of water and don't skip any meals. And so... I'm like, oh, well, I think in this, it, it just in the spirit of things and what's going on right now, I think, and else I would assume that President Nelson as a, as a medical professional would encourage me to keep my blood donation appointment and would understand if I didn't fast the next day. I think so, you should text him just to make sure. <laughs> yeah, so, I, so, so I've been Justifications, a slippery slope. <laughs> but I, so, that, so I immediately started to think, well, how can I observe this fast on, on Friday? Yeah. If, you know, I can't skip meals because I'm making red blood cells. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, so I've been thinking about that a lot. And I don't have any answers yet. I haven't decided how will I observe the fast. Aside from, you know, giving a fast offering, that's part of it, obviously. That's part of the fast. But yeah, I need to figure out what will I do. If you're looking for like an outshared, we're not going to give it to you. You still got to do it. I, yeah, I'm open to suggestions. If you guys can think of something else I can fast from besides food, I'll I'll do that. I am curious about the whole con. You know, texting uh, President Nelson because Profit has seven digits, so eight hundred one Profit is someone's number. So everybody five 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 Profit. <laughs> I just want to try this out here. I mean, if you look at a keypad. Text them, Jeff. Let's that see. would be seven seven six oh, no. seven four three eight. So eight oh one. Those digits. So let me know You're such a jerk. Somebody's going to be getting a bunch of like, hey, profit. Oh yeah, because I'm the first person <laughs> to figure out the word profit can be spelled out live on air. Yes, Jeff. Absolutely. Or maybe you just call the switchboard of the church office building and say, uh, "I want extension one." Maybe that email is probably Nelson Nelson Russell M at So I do have a friend who who accidentally dialed Gordon B. Hinckley years ago. Uh, and she How? wrote down the number. <laughs> I was <laughs> she ever needed to talk to me again. <laughs> I was at work once and I had a buddy of mine accidentally just called the direct line to a three star general. Like you're supposed to go through some uh, some levels before you get to that, and the guy picked up, and it was the funniest time I had in my life. While this guy is just ta- just just talking to a three star, no good reason. Mm-hmm. So I wish we could do that with President Nelson. That'd be that'd be dynamite. Poor guy's probably Al- like, quick, change my name or number now. I know, Al. You're a man who can get things done, kind of like uh, like, kind of like in Shawshank Redemption, like I a feel three star like general. Right. Yeah. Or, hey, or just a can, prophetic leader. So can it, I don't know if we, if we, if other people have more to say about the fast, but I, I had a question too, if we want to change gears, can we talk about the symbol that we're not calling a logo, but it is clearly a logo? Can, yeah. Uh, can, I, I just want to know what everybody about? thinks about it. I, I, I want to hear. I thought as they revealed it, I was waiting for them to like, then turn it into an actual 
simple, like the finished design to come out. Oh, <laughs> because they're like, like a, and nice we've got an craft, arch, but yeah. And then here's we we change some of the some of the like coloring and the you know shadowing well, on this. And, and they justified the text, right? It's and no like, longer centered. Now no, make it into the real thing. Give us the outline with it. It was like, no, that's it. It's just clip art. I just found it on Google. <laughs> <laughs> I so I. In general, I like it. There's a couple things I've noticed so far. One, it's in the footer on most church web properties now, and it makes the footer look humongous yeah. because it's a, such it's a very vertical image, right. and so you've got all this space around it. Is it okay? I, guess my, I haven't seen it. I my, gotta go look. Keep talking. Oh, Josie, let's find a someone find a link and put it in the chat for Josie because this is this is the it doesn't dude. take you long to find it on social media. Just scroll. No, well, you should on the it, footer. I want to go and have a look at the footer. Well, they've. They've are there's two symbols. There's the one that's just of the Lord, and then there's the one that has him standing on the cornerstone that has the church's name in it, which are being used everywhere. So oh. the Gospel Library app has already been updated. Moroni's gone. Drop your trumpet once. You're booted <laughs> off everything. <laughs> My favorite meme of the weekend yeah. by far. Um, and that's already got Christ. So it's based off of Thorvaldson's famous Christus statue. It's that not just put based off it. It is. It, it's a it is. line rendering of the Thorvaldson's Christus. Yeah. Can we do that? I don't I'm sure I think the have. copyright is expired from 200 years ago or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah it's, it's exactly 200 film. years. Uh, yeah, I went and saw it this this uh last summer. Where is yeah, it? Great really Church nice. of the Rose or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A uh, Church of Our Lady in Copenhagen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's a copyright on it. Although I do still think it's kind of weird that it's just like, "Hey, let's take this Protestant church's statue and make it our own." Simple. We have well, I don't know. We, we have a lot of hymns. Of, I was going to say we have a lot of hymns that people think are ours. Too. I wish we had more hymns from um, traditional Christianity. We might, we tell might me, soon. Yeah. I hope. Tell me if you guys think this or not. So I, I like the design overall, but I have a weird nagging thing that bugs me. Like, are we veering into graven image territory? Like, are we going to overuse the image of the Savior in all of our? Oh, branding? You're thinking we're going to get well, some like, hanging things be- for the for the rearview mirror. The cult I just, of Mary I'll, coming out, but will no, not all be the Christus. <laughs> all I, maybe it's just being devil's advocate, but all I'm saying is funny choice of words for that, I guess. But uh, is like the the Melchizedek priesthood isn't actually called the Melchizedek priesthood. We call it that deliberately to avoid unnecessary repetition of the Lord's name. So visually speaking, do we run the risk of doing that with this by plopping it everywhere? No, I, I don't think, think the, it's the end of the world. But. That argument is the better argument for not using the full name of the church. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, which I still, I'm still struggling with that. Don't don't yet have my testimony of that. I'm waiting for Gordon B. Hinckley to come back and say it's not that big a deal. <laughs> not going to happen, Devin. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll see. So, yeah, so do you anticipate know. this this image like when new churches are built, like this is on the side on, out front of the building? I'm sure it will. Oh, that's yeah. a good question. If they did that, they'd have to do some kind of a I don't know horizontal. My version, chapel though, right? still has do... the old church, know, right? uh, the old church logo before they made the Jesus Christ center and big. Like yeah. Yeah. it was like multi lines. We still have that outside. You know, it says visitors welcome underneath, but it's still the old old church. Yeah. Logo. I don't even a whole other issue is why don't like. we po- why don't we post our meeting times on the signs outside of our churches? I wish we would do that. I don't know why we yeah. don't. Like yeah. visitors welcome, but we're not going to tell you what time you should be here. <laughs> yeah. You want the or full marquee the where we could put like where a, you can find it. 
And then I want to have kitschy Funny church sign. Yeah, marquee yeah. where we can have like a, you know, a cute little message for pastors by. Yeah. Oh, witty, witty things, witticisms. Yes. Anyway, like I've said my thoughts about the, the symbol, but like, what do you guys actually think of it then? I like oh, it. Oh, I'm a fan. I'm still mad that it's crappily designed. Like somebody's got to <laughs> clean that up. I, I, I'm just, I'm glad that we're going to relegate Moroni. You know, the, the, the church has long said we don't use uh, the cross as a symbol, even though it is a universal symbol of Christ that everyone understands. And instead, we've been using Moroni instead of the cross. And that's weak, 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 weak. I'm so glad we're going to upgrade to the Savior. So good. So good. I really don't mind the symbol of the cross. Yeah, neither do I. I'm, I'm kind of a fan. Oh, my uh, my. F- my five-year-old you, was looking at tabs on my computer. I had a Google Sheet open, and the symbol for Google Sheet is a green square with like a white off-centered yeah. lines intersecting. There's supposed to be a spreadsheet. And my son just goes like, oh, the, you have you have a church site open. I was like, which one's the church site? I thought he meant the twin page because we have a Moroni with a, like a blue thing around. He's like, that one. He sees a cross. And somehow at five, he was thinking that was a church site. What are very you weird. teaching? That's what we, homeschool nothing. will do to him. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know what PBS Kids is teaching this kid because I'm not raising him. I'm leaving it to that. Um, I, yeah, the image is fine. I don't know. I I just I felt like President Nelson announced it and it was supposed to be super impactful, and I just kind of went, "All right, so like new logo, okay." I'm with I'm with Al. I feel like it could use a little more polish. It looks like it's not fully rendered. Um, I also think. I mean, I love the Christmas. I, I have really good memories of being like a little kid. We'd take a trip to Salt Lake and my parents would always make a point to take us to that North Visitor Center and have that experience with the Christmas and listen to the voiceover. Like it made it made an impression on me from a young age. So I love it. But I kind of feel like we should have come up with our own image of Christ if we wanted to have one. And like and to say like, yes, we're Christians and here's our depiction instead of yes, we're Christians and here's Denmark's depiction, you know, I don't know. Like, and I think we have so many accomplished uh, Latter-day Saint artists and graphic designers that we could have come up with something just really neat and something that belongs to us instead of sort of stealing some clip art of the Christus and sticking it under an archway over the name of the church. You're thinking of a Walter Rain rendition, perhaps? Uh, I was thinking of a well, John McNaughton. Loved- no, just kidding. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I would have loved, uh, I'm a big fan of Jorge Coco. Oh, yes. If you've seen I, his work. I saw somebody I would have loved that, yeah. If his work had become this, that would have been awesome. I would love a Jorge Coco rendering of Christ as part of our church symbol. And again, I'm trying to use the word symbol because that's the word that President Nelson kept on very obviously using over and over again. But it's a logo. And it even features the word logos in the logo. So I think we can call it a logo. I don't know. I guess he's trying to when he's when he made that gave that talk where he was emphasizing the name of the church. He he said this is not a rebranding. So I wonder if he's avoiding the word logo because I think that's what this is. Then we'd all say, oh, it's a rebranding. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's exactly. <laughs> so do we know what it's really going to be used for? I think every, a lot just of sitting. They're going to stamp it on like official, a website. You know, you you look on the back of your official correlated church materials, and it has like the Church of Jesus Christ Latter Day Saints. That symbol is now going to be on there. So it's, it's going to be gonna be all over can, a lot. A does it lot take over Deseret? I mean, maybe the Deseret honey hive will go away and we get this. Yeah. <laughs> will this be on the front of the new hymn book instead of the tabernacle? Oh, no, I the think those are handles books. of the temples. <laughs> yeah. 
Desert Book yeah, is good because it's not like when they publish things, it's not like this is official church doctrine. So I'm sure Desert Book will still keep their own logo. You don't have a testimony, Jared. When the Deseret Book publishes something, it is official doctrine. I see. What if they just sell Particularly the book? Particularly re- the fiction section. I remember uh, being in a Deseret Book in the late 90s and seeing a Rush Limbaugh book being sold. And I thought, oh, really? Is this uh, a church thing? Presidential <laughs> like, wow. Medal of Freedom recipient, Rush Limbaugh, everyone. <laughs> and on that exciting note, I think it's time we got to wind it down here. We've been going for a while. Uh, we haven't uh, mentioned the pre- proclamation. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, there was a- <laughs> What's the proclamation? There was a, there's a new oh, proclamation. They, that was it's that very, was what made this whole thing memorable and unforgettable. Was that, that was the proclamation? He, he delivered. Haven't gotten there yet. Tell me. And, tell well, me. all the it, proclamation it, was was we really do agree that the first vision happened. Yeah, pretty much. It's a little yeah, more. First than of all, that. the the title and it, is and very it, wordy, again. It did point back to Christ. I thought yes. fairly effectively. Yes. The, the title is, is, quote, The Restoration of the Fullness of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, colon, A Bicentennial Proclamation to the World. It's it's a testimony of the restoration. I like that he was like, I could have built a memorial to him. We could have done amazing things, but we wrote him a letter. <laughs> <laughs> a letter that's already been translated into 12 languages and many more to come. All the stars of the notebook. Like, I don't think that means as much as you think it means. But <laughs> so I, I enjoyed it. But it was it, it covered a lot of the tenets of the restoration and Joseph Smith and appointed it to Christ. It did stress very clearly. Uh, President Nelson read it from the Sacred Grove. He said, "Like this church is the New Testament Church of Christ." It, it laid down the gauntlet a little bit for that. Um, but by and large, it's good. It's the first proclamation we've had since the proclamation on the family. Uh, there were many I saw on social media who thought that we'd be canonizing the proclamation on the family in the in the meeting today, like that was going to be the big move. That, and that's why we were doing the Hosanna shout. I, we just did the Hosanna shout just to show gratitude. Um, but there's the the proclamation. If you didn't find it yet, Josie, you can find it at churchofjesuschrist.org or at newsroom.churchofjesuschrist.org or at the church news. It's also in your com. it's also in the gospel library app if you click in the um, general conference section they've put it into their next right next it, it's separate there's like the April 2020 general conference Don't worry. thing. When we get back to church there'll be stacks of them printed on nice paper that you can take 10 for your house. Card stuff. We don't yeah. print anything off here so sweet. Oh, we will. We're going to pr- Desert Books going to have, have some really nice framed editions. With, oh yeah. Well, they'll with, do it with, in some hand lettering with the, well, yeah. and it'll be a dual pane frame where there will be a picture of the sacred I love that. Yeah. I love that. And then and then live, laugh, love. <laughs> right. oh. Underneath yeah, it. Underneath. It'll be perfect. Vinyl artwork for the win, everybody. All right. Uh, I don't want to cut anybody off on the, the proclamation. That was very brief. Anybody have any parting thoughts on the proclamation? I liked it. It was good. Okay. It's true. I was I was so so. <laughs> was it necessary? Did you guys uh, probably not strictly necessary, but it was nice. Okay. You know, it was I, I think it's uh, what better way to commemorate two hundred years than not Sorry. with a memorial. <laughs> Just a letter. I, I like the tone of having the you know the as far as the restoration of first vision in in, in the form of a proclamation because that does set us apart dramatically yeah. from other yeah. you know Christian organizations. Do you think it'll be like referenced as often as like the family proclamation is or used as regularly? Is, I don't know. One of, no the first vision was not in need of of extra mentioning. I think I think it's, to me it's more on par with uh, the Living Christ, where the Living Christ didn't necessarily like establish any new doctrines, but it was just like a, a very straightforward. This is our testimony of Christ and who He is and what He does for us and what He yeah, continues. And I just feel we like almost they, never cite 
the living crap. Sure, sure. That's what I was going to say. But, yeah. but, uh, but to me, that's what this proclamation was. It was like that, where it wasn't like, we're not saying anything new, but we're establishing in a one concise document, this is our testimony of the restoration. This is who we are. This is how it links to up back to Jesus Christ. Um, and the difference with the family proclamation is that uh, although it was not, there wasn't one iota of new doctrine in it, there were concepts in it. There are concepts in it that aren't written down anywhere else. And so it is the only place people can go to have that reference point uh, and why it is controversial to this day. Also, is, yes. And I don't, I don't believe this new proclamation is the result of gay marriage legislation in Hawaii, for example. <laughs> <that> so, right. <laughs> Although you don't know that. So no, we you don't. don't. You don't have a reference for that, Jeff. Oh, I have all the references I need in my gut, Jared. I see. Right here in my gut. Truth, truthiness for the women. Truthiness. Um, <laughs> truthiness. I miss that. Stephen Colbert coined that phrase back when he was in character. It was a good. The, the Bush administration was great. It was the best. So, um, everybody, we hope you had a wonderful general conference. Very nice of you to join us for this live stream and for listening to the podcast uh, when this drops. So, we hope it was a good weekend for you. I'd like to thank everyone on our wonderful panel for their time and their insights. I'm just going to go through real quick. Devin Thorpe, thank you very much, sir. Al, thank you. Josie, thank you. Kurt, thank you. Jared, thank you. You're wonderful people. I very much appreciate everything you do. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. Yes, yes, Bravo. yes. I, I want the thanks. Thank you. You're wonderful. Anyway, everybody, uh, right. we hope you all have a terrific week until we talk to you again next week. Keep your conference spirit alive. This Week of Mormons is out. Be well, be holy, and be happy. <laughs>